You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. This is Bill Apter. Welcome to the Apter Chat. Yeah, why am I doing the NWO theme for the opening today? This is Bill Apter, as I mentioned, on a solo freewheeling episode of the Apter Chat Pro Wrestling Podcast. My co-host Josh Chernoff is off working on his great fight TV show, So Says Chernoff, as real as the action. Check it out on Fight TV. It's really good. Very, very different than any other show you have seen in pro wrestling. But somebody, about 15 minutes before I started taping this on March 7th, 2019, at about 7 p.m., somebody asked me what my favorite wrestling theme song was, and there, no doubt... In my mind, it was the NWO theme. I used to love it. My son Brandon and I used to sit and make up lyrics every time a new NWO guy would come out. And then there's Razor Scott Hall. Then there's Kevin Nash. And then there's Hulk Hogan. We've, I think we stopped when uh, like Scott Norton and Virgil were added. It just got, just got too long. It really did. So once again, this has been a, a, a news-making week in professional wrestling, and it's been a pretty lousy one. Yeah, it's been a lousy one in a lot of ways because we lost two more legends. Several days ago, we lost, at 61 years old, much too young for anyone to die, we lost King Kong Bundy, one of the most monstrous bad guys ever in professional wrestling, ever. I first met King Kong Bundy back in the days when he worked for, when he wrestled for Bill Watts, UWF. And this monster used to slam guys and demand that the referee count to five instead of three when Bundy was pinning the guy's shoulders. When you talk about people who are really bad, but really good bad guys, and people who could scare the fans, that was their job. When a guy like King Kong Bundy came out, kids would run. Uh, people were just horrified. He was really frightening looking. You don't see a lot of that today, do you? I mean, if a fan was booing Bundy and he went down on ringside and approached that fan, that fan was legitimately scared. You wouldn't see any smile or laughing from that fan. When he came to Georgia Championship Wrestling, I remember Craig Peters, one of our editors at PWI, um, used to travel with me quite a bit, uh, we did horror lighting photos of him. Craig would lay down with a light, a flash, and a snoot attachment and horror light him as I stood in front of Bundy taking pictures. And you know what, damn it, I, it he was scary to photograph with or without those lights. We did a lot of TV interviews with him, Pro Wrestling Illustrated press conferences, and that nasty attitude that he showed on there carried over a lot of times into other portions of or other times when I would go and approach him for interviews. What do you want after? Get out of here. He's really just had that whole 
standoffish type of attitude. He was not as approachable as a lot of the other guys. In terms of Monsters of the Mat, when he wrestled at WrestleMania II against Hulk Hogan, it was remarkable. They were in some sort of a cage, and uh, it was one of Hogan's biggest challengers. So um, our condolences go out from the staff here at the after chat to the family, friends, and uh, fans, of course, of King Kong Bundy. The other death, another legendary character in pro wrestling, died today as I'm taping this on March 7th, 2019, the incredible sensational destroyer. This man had, he was a legend, not just in the United States, but internationally, especially, especially in Japan and Hawaii, and he wrestled in California a lot, and he was the AWA champion for many years under a mask under the guise of Dr. X. Now, Dick Beyer, who was the destroyer, was a good friend of my mentor, Stanley Weston. I didn't know Mr. Beyer too well. met him four or five times. He was very pleasant to me. I met him at the Cauliflower Alley Club. I met him at the uh, upstate New York Hall of Fame. He was from Syracuse, a real legit uh, wrestler, trained a lot of guys. So there's a guy in this business. He was the leader of the Four Horsemen, J.J. Dillon, who knew more history about the Destroyer. And uh, let's talk to J.J. Dillon right now about the incredible, sensational Destroyer. J.J. Dillon, it's been quite a... Uh, Quite a volatile week earlier. I was talking about King Kong Bundy, and today, as I'm taping this on uh, March 7th, 2019, we found out that the sensational intelligent destroyer, Dick Beyer, has passed away, and uh, quite a legacy. When did you first meet uh, the destroyer? Well, to start with, it's a sad day, and uh, uh, my heart prayers go out to uh, everyone in the family. he was a, a great athlete at Syracuse and uh, went to Japan. And he was one of the early pioneers uh, from America going over to fight the Japanese. Yeah. And his uh, style was such that he endeared himself to the Japanese wrestlers and the Japanese fans. And when I went there for the first time in 1975, uh, he was uh, he was a legitimate star on a par with Giant Baba, which was the promotion that, that he worked with. And he lived he lived in Japan. His family was there in Japan. And he what, what really stuck out with me was that he wore his trademark white mask everywhere that he went. People... In the street, yeah. in the train, yeah. on the bullet train. Uh, yeah, it, it, that was unusual. But he was, he was such a... a a technical wrestler, and of course the Japanese style wasn't so much uh, because of in America, uh, interviews are a big part of how personas are developed. In Japan, you have to be able to go out there and physically wrestle and have a competitive match because the interviews are, are a very, very small part of it. The Japanese fans come to see legitimate wrestling and, and took fire the Destroyer 
was a legitimate wrestling Japan yeah. legend going back to the Super Universe. And and he uh, some of the legendary feuds, the one I remember uh, best uh, in Japan, of course, was his series of matches against uh, uh, the amazing Mil Mascaras. Yes, who was uh, uh, a legend of equal stature in Japan. When, when you talk about the greatest wrestlers ever come out of Japan, of course, the first name that rolls off is uh, El Santo, and right behind El Santo is Mil Mascaras. Yeah, and it's so, amazing coming out of Japan, but they were both uh, from both from uh, from Mexico. Also, uh, he wrestled in the AWA for several years as Dr. X. He was the AWA World Heavyweight Champion. But you also knew him about some of the uh, the great stuff that he did at the Cauliflower Alley Club and uh, uh, the uh, upstate, the New York-recognized Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, which is now in yes. Texas. Yes. Yeah, Dick would, was a regular at Cauliflower Alley Club. He would, uh, he would come every year. And he, uh, uh, you know, having a legitimate amateur background at Syracuse, he uh, regularly would take some of uh, what were the young teenage schoolboys that were wrestling that, that showed great promise, and he would arrange and he would get sponsors because he was such a big star in Japan that he could get sponsors to help him with the financial end of it. But he would take a group of, uh, of young high school uh, athletes to Japan. Yeah, and I know that. I know that. And he also uh, uh, he was also a great trainer. People like Mike Rotunda and so many other uh, uh, wrestlers who became real big stars in the industry were trained by the destroyer, Dick Byer. Yes. And, it, you know, today is just a tough day. You don't, you don't ever expect to get that phone call. I... I I would see him regularly at the Cauliflower Club in Vegas, and then when the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame was still based in in New York, where it was for the first 15 years, and then moved to Texas, he he was a regular that would come to the uh, annual award banquets, and, yeah. and uh, so I got to got to be around him, and uh, you know, away from the thing where you're worried about your matches, and he was always the main eventer. And so I got to know him on a personal level, and he, he just uh, had an amazing, amazing career. Thank you, J.J. Dillon. I really appreciate uh, your uh, insight, and uh, I look forward to seeing you um, in June when you're going to induct me into the uh, New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. I am so honored that it's going to be you. Well, I was honored that it was you that... Uh, of all the choices of people, because you've known the who's who of our industry, and uh, I'm one of the people that realized before the internet and before cable television that the wrestling magazines were what could either make or break your career. And I mean, you still had to to go out there and perform, but it was a way of the people knowing who you were and. Uh, uh, a feature story in a Bill After magazine, let alone a cover shot, uh, went a long way into in making careers. So, thank people you. That aren't already aware of it, you uh, you've been a, a maker and a shaker in our industry for for many many years, and along the way, uh, we've developed a, a, a close personal. We sure did, family. Yeah. Proud to call you. Proud to 
call you a friend and, and you still, you know, I don't think of anybody in the business that has any more knowledge of the history uh, than Bill Apter. Well, thank you. And one day, one day, maybe in uh, uh, New England at the uh, New England uh, Wrestling uh, Hall of Fame there, i got to tell the story about how I got all of you together, all the horsemen, to do that one classic photograph uh, of all the horsemen together. That was quite a night. Yeah, it was there were it was <laughs> it was tough, especially when you got bored and I'm the fifth guy to get everybody out there and to have them dressed in wrestling gear Unreal. and to break them away from whatever they were doing and say, Look <laughs> and, and as much as you were respected, you know, it was easy for them to say, Well, I got this to do and I got the I'll get with you, I'll get with you and I was uh, in a position where it wasn't so easy to put me off when I pushed it, and I wanted to help you, especially because I was a part of it, and I knew that a chance to get everybody at the same building at the same time didn't happen all that often, let alone herding everybody together with Bill Apton to take some pictures, knowing that uh, they're going to uh, preserve the horsemen for posterity. Thank you, J.J., and uh, look forward to seeing I you. I thank you. I thank you for all that you've done. Not only me, but for, uh, for the wrestling profession after all these years. It's been my love and passion. Thank you, JJ. I always enjoy talking to JJ uh, Dillon. And JJ, by the way, I always talk about that when you ask him to give you two minutes, he'll give you two hours. He's he's great. He he's such a historian and he's such a legend. He started off, you know, he refereed, he put up rings, he was a wrestler, and of course his glory days came as the manager of the Four Horsemen. When you talk about one of the most quality living individuals in the world of professional wrestling, J.J. Dillon is just so great. He's been personal friends with he and his family forever. So just with him inducting me, this is so important to me. Now, I'm in a... I'm in a lot of Hall of Fames, and I want to thank all of you who keep saying, when are you going into the WWE Hall of Fame? The answer is, I don't know. And one of the reasons probably is, is because there's really, you know, they have a celebrity wing, right? But I'm not, I wouldn't be considered for a celebrity wing. They don't have a media wing, do they? Maybe if they had a media wing... I would be put in there along with uh, other pro wrestling journalists and photographers like George Napolitano, Stu Sachs, um, Peter King, Craig Peters. So many that I could uh, that I could mention. But that, yeah, there's no media division. So, and a lot of people said, "Well, Bill, you've kind of transcended media. You you know you're out there doing." conventions, you've got uh, you've got your own shows and you're doing all this. But, but again, they, they have to find a reason to put me in the Hall of Fame. But I'm flattered by all the attention I got. And speaking about the Hall of Fame, as you know, uh, DX is going in. They did announce that. And I'm, I heard an interview, I saw an interview that Billy Gunn did. And I was so proud to hear that he said, had China not been included with DX, he probably, not probably, he would have turned it down. He also mentioned, and this was very interesting, the interviewer had asked him, now that he's working for AEW, isn't this like a conflict of interest? And 
he answered very honestly. He said, no, and it's not. If you really think about it, it is not a conflict of interest because this is what he did back in the day with DX. It's not what he's doing now and moving forward, but historically, DX was, they were such a groundbreaking team in pro wrestling or sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it back then, that they they belong in there. And to just say, well, we can't put that guy in there because he's working for another organization, WWE won't do that. Yeah. A lot of people were surprised that the honky-tonk man is going in there, the greatest, longest-reigning intercontinental champion, of course, because the people said that he, for many years, he said some disparaging things about the WWE. And uh, I talked to him. I talked to him a lot. And he was, if they offered him a spot in the Hall of Fame, it's because of what he did there, not what he have said. And he's also said many complimentary things about the WWE. Not everybody says everything totally complimentary about every employer you ever worked for. And let's face it, this is a very controversial business. Uh, it's a very, it's a business where uh, people burn bridges, etc. But it's nice to see that the WWE appreciates the talents of Honky Tonk Man. He, he, he was such a great part of their organization. Now they have announced that the lovely, charming Tori Wilson is the next inductee in the WWE Hall of Fame. I can't wait to see it this year. I think, uh, I don't know who else is going to be going in. Uh, people have asked me, who would I like to see inducted? And there's so many guys that actually did not wrestle for WWE or WWF or WWWF. And it's a sore spot with me. And I know there's a lot of people who want this guy to get in there and possibly because of a legal class action suit that he went in uh, with other people and they were trying to sue WWE that he didn't get in. But man, oh man, Ivan Koloff, the Russian bear, the man who ended Bruno San Martino's first run, Ivan Koloff so, so needs to be in the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. It's time to, you know, he passed away, and I remember the last interview that I did with him, and he was practically begging, he was practically begging for the WWE to induct him into the Hall of Fame. So it's about time to, whatever went on, went on. Uh, he's no longer with us, and his legacy in the WWE was unlike so many others who have who have been inducted into the Hall of Fame and don't have the credentials that Ivan Koloff had. And his credentials in the business in general, in the pro wrestling business. Uh, Ivan Koloff needs to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. It's time to start that grassroots campaign right now after Chatters. But yeah, we got we gotta we gotta bring him in there. But congratulations, of course and we're talking Hall of Fames. I want to go back and thank uh, Joseph Braun and Scott Wilder, who has booked me up at the uh, uh, New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame that great weekend on uh, June 
seventh and eighth, I believe it is. Go to their Facebook page, the New England uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. And I am honored that J.J. Dillon is going to be inducting me. So all these Hall of Fame inductions that I'm being inducted into, I thank every one of them. Every one of them to me is uh, equal to getting into the uh, the WWE Hall of Fame because they all mean so much to me. And I hope you fans will come out. And uh, as my old buddy Pedro Morales used to say, I hope my beautiful people will come out and support me. And by the way, a big pop and a lot of people, including Conrad Thompson, view the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame is the legit Hall of Fame, and I just got in that recently. So thank you, fans, for voting for me for that one. Thank you, Dave Meltzer. Dave's an old friend. Do you know years and years ago, back in the 70s and 80s, that if people knew you talked to Dave Meltzer, you were not part of the gang anymore? Yeah, that's a story for another freewheeling after chat the next time that I do this. So let's go look at some of the uh, news, which we call Headlock on Headlines. But again, this week, it's uh, freewheeling the headlines. WrestleMania next year, next year, 2020, is going to be in Tampa, Florida. And they had a press conference today on March 7th, 2019, to announce that it's going to be there. And they had a lot of local celebrities and Triple H was there and Stephanie McMahon was there. But the guy who opened it all up and really welcomed everybody to, to tell everybody how exciting this is because it's in his hometown was, I am a real American. That's my second favorite. My second favorite entrance name. Hulk Hogan. It was great to see that they have brought him back. Last time we saw him in the WWE was in uh, that Saudi Arabia show. So it's great because he mentioned that he grew up in Tampa watching wrestling there. He, uh, he was trained by Hiro Matsuda in Tampa, Florida. His favorite wrestling when he was growing up was Tampa, was the Florida territory. It was back in the old Eddie Graham days. And Tampa has always been a source of everything great in pro wrestling for him. And hopefully this means, I know I say hopefully a lot, this means that he will somehow be part of the card. Probably not as a wrestler in his current physical shape with uh, all the injuries that he amassed through the years. Probably not a good idea. Well, maybe to drop one leg drop on someone. Who would that be? McMahon? Hmm? What do you think? No way you're getting that leg drop on me, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that would be something, but he's got to be involved. And it's great to see that the WWE is now bringing him back into the forefront. So Hulk Hogan... Looking forward to that, and I will be there. Speaking about WrestleMania, this year, this year, as you know, it's at MetLife Stadium in Joycey. That's what we call it here. We call it Joycey. And uh, up east here in New York and Philly. And uh, hold on a minute. 
<coughs> that's a cough, yes. I'm not editing anything out of this broadcast. Freewheeling. Anything that happens, happens. Um, I will be, along with uh, Josh Chernoff, my co-host on our weekly After Chat podcast at WrestleCon. We will be there on all day Friday, and we will be there all day Saturday. Now, people are asking me where I'm going to be for the rest of the weekend. Friday night, I'm going to be doing something a little different. I'm not going to a wrestling show. I already have a bunch of people going with me in New York on 41st Street, right off 7th Avenue, to a karaoke club called Pulse. P-U-L-S-E. Because, as you know, I like to go out and sing, and that's my favorite karaoke place in New York. So if you'd like to join the uh, the songery and you're not planning on going to a wrestling show, I should get there around 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. at night. Mac Davis, who's one of our sponsors here with uh, uh, Call on Hold, will be coming with me and several other people as well. We might go out and have some pizza before time. But if you want to come along and be included, just uh, hit me up on Twitter at After1Wrestling. That's After and the number one, not the word, not O-N-E, After1Wrestling. Let me know you want to come along, and I'll make sure uh, I keep you all posted on that. And We can have a karaoke challenge. I'll be doing my best songs that night. And let's see let's see what you can do. There's no prizes, sorry. But, uh, again, it would be nice to go out and have some pizza and do some singing, and we sit down and talk pro wrestling, too. And maybe I'll bring my video camera, and we can do some uh, after chats for OneWrestlingVideo.com as well. One of the pieces of news this week, again, that broke today as I'm taping this, was that uh, good old JR, Jim Ross, and uh, the WWE, Vince McMahon, have agreed to mutually part. And it's okay. It's about time. Jim Ross has done so much in WWE, and people are asking me. Of course, I'm getting tweets and IMs. Ding, ding, ding. Bill After, is he going to AEW? Is he going to All Elite Wrestling? I don't know the answer to that, but I can hypothesize. Do you like that word? I can hypothesize that maybe. See, AEW is trying to change the game where they're not just going to be utilizing people who have been around as long as I have and JR has. Perhaps they'll use him in a special capacity. I don't know if they'll use him uh, on the air. Of course, for JR to become a broadcaster for them will also help cement putting them on the map, but there was a New York Post interview this week with Cody Rhodes where he talked about, uh, other than uh, Chris Jericho, really, uh, they're not looking to um, bring on lots of people that have been utilized from uh, WWE. Um, Let me call this up. Pull this up on my computer uh, on Cody Rhodes. See if I can get some quotes from this uh, this interview here. Um, 
he also said that he doesn't want to piggyback off of WWE time. For example, people asked him if he's you know going to be doing something during WrestleMania weekend, and uh, he said that uh, he doesn't want to do that. So uh, let's see. He talked about um, about a TV deal. A lot of people are wondering where they're going to wind up on TV and how they're going to treat it. Is it going to be like sports entertainment or what? And, and Cody had said, and again, thank you, this comes from the uh, New York Post, is Cody said, to me, it's treating uh, our show as live sports, and which, which is really a, a good attitude, more sports than, uh, than entertainment at this point. Um, and again, are we going to see any AEW event or anything during WrestleMania week in New York? And he says, no, he hates to be the bearer of bad news, but that's WWE's weekend and we won't be near it. And I'm not being coy or anything of that nature. And, uh, he, he's, they just don't want to piggyback off of, uh, WWE. They want to do this themselves. And that's, that's really very, very admirable that they're going to do that. To read the full story, uh, just Google New York Post story on uh, Cody Rhodes, and I'm glad that they, uh, uh, I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they interviewed Cody Rhodes. Big newspaper, big city, New York City. Also, want to plug that this Sunday, this Sunday, I will be in Allentown, Pennsylvania. This has nothing to do with Cody Rhodes. Uh, doing a book signing at uh, at a firehouse that uh, this convention is being March Madness being run by Bud Carson. Go to uh, Bud Carson's Facebook page. You can find out more about that. Uh, there will be a lot of great pro wrestling legends there, and I will have copies of my books, and I can't wait of my book. I've only, by the way, when I Google Bill After Book, my book is Wrestling Fixed. I didn't know it was broken. Comes up, but there's another book called Rampage. That's not, I didn't write it. And it says, you know, that's my book. I think it's a uh, a collection of stories from the old days when I was with uh, when I was with Wow Magazine, and also all the magazines that I worked for. They all have by Bill Apter, and they're not by Bill Apter. They're by Craig Peters and Stu Sachs and Dan Shockett and Eddie Elner and all those other people that worked for the uh, for the magazines. So not it's not just Bill Apter. So let me look down here uh, at some other news. Um, WrestleCon is happening this year in New York City. It is piggybacking off of WrestleMania, of course. It's at the New York Hilton Hotel. And uh, I may have mentioned this earlier, but uh, Josh Chernoff, my co-host, and I will have an after chat booth there. Uh, I will be selling my book. Uh, we'll be doing autographs and photos and interviews, and please come by. If you already have a copy of my book and you want it signed, come on over and we can do that as well. But uh, looking forward to meeting all the great fans in New York City at WrestleCon. So make sure you make sure that you go to WrestleCon and meet us. There'll be people from all over the world there. So right now what I want to do is I want to talk interviews. There's a lot of talk 
all the time about scripted interviews. And one of the things that Cody Rhodes did mention in that New York Times article is that they're not planning on scripting interviews. They're going to go back to what it was in the uh, in the good old pro wrestling days, like when his father, Dusty Rhodes, was running things. And that's, you know, giving the talent that this is the situation and this is what we're going to talk about and letting them take the ball. It's so creative that way because WWE, bless them, they've got, you know, they're a huge company and they do script their interviews. But sometimes it's so brilliant just to hear a wrestler come out with an interview where uh, a producer will say, listen, we need uh, three minutes, Chris Jericho, of you talking about Kenny Omega. Do you think a script writer could do justice to that like someone like a Chris Jericho could do just pretty much off the top of his head or Kenny Omega? Now, there are, granted, there are a lot of guys who can't do this, who can't do that, but the only way to learn to do that is to go under under fire there and say, you got to do this. You want to draw people? You want to succeed? I mean, if somebody came over to me right now and said, Bill Apter at uh, Madison Square Garden next week, and you got to improvise this, I need a two-minute interview of you going to defend your cow championship office wrestling belt against Braun Strowman. And Strowman wants your title. So what are you going to do? Give me two minutes, Bill, after. Okay, so I'm going to think for a minute, and then I'm going to say, is there a script writer here? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be old school. I'm going, you know something? I have seen the terror and the the horror of with these hands what Braun Strowman can do. But you know, Strowman, you've wrestled a lot of guys. You've beaten a lot of guys. But you've never come across anyone, anyone who has the ability, agility, and natural-born talent that I do. Yeah, that's me, wonderful Willie, Bill Apter, the cow champion, championship office wrestling. And you know something? You're going to laugh because you're so much bigger than me and you're so much stronger than me. That's right. But you know what? You don't have the brains to outwit me in that ring. So Braun Strowman... Come Friday night at Madison Square Garden, get ready, get ready to get your first big loss at MSG, and it's something that wonderful Willie will do for the fans and for you and me. Something like that, you know what I mean? And even if it comes out ridiculously or something, it's better than, in my opinion, being scripted. Now, would the producer have to give guidelines about an unscripted interview? Of course, definitely. Give guidelines, but don't put the words in someone's mouth. Give give them an idea. Give them a mentality. I think that would work best. So this is all leading up to an interview that we ran here on the After Chat many, many, many moons ago. And when I used to do interviews for my old radio show on WHBI 105.9 FM in New York back in the 70s, there was one guy I always loved interviewing, and he was a prelim guy. Yeah, we use the word prelim guy, a journeyman. His name was Tony Nero, and he wrestled as the Black Demon. So right now, no rehearsal, no guidelines. 
I just went up with my cassette recorder. Google it if you don't know what it is. They still sell them at Best Buy. And I said, let's do an interview. And listen to this guy, what a brilliant interview he gave me. This is, you, you talk about people who could do interviews right off the top of their head. The Black Demon was a genius. Okay, this is Bill After, and we're speaking here with the newly returned Black Demon. Great Black Demon, I told you that once before. Can't you remember anything? Great Black Demon. Question has come up. Uh, the Grand Wizard has a new wrestler around here by the name of Beautiful Bobby, who's considered the most handsome and beautiful wrestler in wrestling. What's your reaction to this? Well, he's a great wrestler, no question about it. He's really good. But you say that you're more handsome and beautiful than any other wrestler in the I'm world. the one and only, the world's greatest black demon. I'm not belittling Bobby at all. He's terrific. I've watched him. He's a terrific wrestler. But against the one and only... He's a poor second. Okay, now you've uh, been away from the New York area for about three months now. Where have you been keeping yourself, Damon? I've been down south. Wrestling? Vacationing. Vacationing. What uh, What makes you come back now into the New York area? Well, there's some new wrestlers here, and I have a few old scores to settle. There's a few of these wrestlers I've met in other areas in the past. Could you give us some examples of who you're looking to get after? Well, for example, Luke. Big Luke. Crazy Luke Crazy Grand, Luke. Right. Beautiful Bobby. I have a few scores to settle from here for Detroit and any and all wrestlers in this area, including this great monsoon, Chief J. Strongbow, and any and all other wrestlers. All right, now another question. You seem to have uh, dropped out of sight just when Pedro Morales won the title. Now, this seemed kind of fishy. Is there anything behind this? Are you insinuating something? Well, uh, a lot of the fans think that you're running from the new champion. Me running for Morales? Are you kidding? I'm chasing him. I'm chasing Morales. I'm not running from him. Why are you chasing him? Why do you want to match with him? Well, first of all, he's a great wrestler, and I'm out to beat any great wrestler. I'm out to prove I'm the world's greatest. That includes any and all wrestlers, including the great Morales. I mean, you don't feel this you've proved it yet? Great. There's no question about it. He's fast. He's tricky. He's got a world of guts. But he's got no brains. Did you ever see a Puerto Rican with any brains? That's what he lacks. And I've got this fantastic computer brain. I'm the one wrestler in the world that's got everything. Well, let me say Speed, something. Agility, agility, guts, maneuverability. I've got it all. You haven't got modesty, that's Just a sure. minute. Let me put it this way. I've got the speed of a halfback, the power of a fullback, more brains than ten quarterbacks. When I was playing football, I was smarter than the head coach, the assistant coach, the line coach, all the scouts, and the general manager put in together. Now, wait a minute. In New York, we see you coming in here without the mask. Agility, ability, maneuverability. I've got it all. Forward movement, backward movement. The one and only, the great black demon. Okay, uh... We'll tend to agree with you when we see you back in action here, Demon. But we have one more question to ask you. You wear this headgear in New York where they don't permit you to wear the mask. Now, a lot of the fans think you wear the headgear because you have no brains. Is there any truth to this? Who said that? The fans. These the are fans. the cards we've been getting. Not my fans. Whose fans are you talking about? Do you have fans? My fans. Listen, my fans love me. They write me a basket full of fan letters every day, every week. On a week's time, I can count on a... Call out of mail, fan mail from my wonderful fans. They all know me. They all love me. They all appreciate me. They know I'm the world's greatest. Well, what makes you so lovable to your fans? I've got it all. Modesty, greatness, ability, agility. People admire a man with assets and guts, and that's what I've got. Okay, Demon, want to thank you very much for being here with us. And, uh, well, we'll just have to 
look at you and Pedro Morales and uh, see if you're going to come out champion. I'll be the champion, no question about that. And don't forget, it's the great Black Demon, not Black Demon. I want to congratulate one of my adopted nephews, a guy named Colby Carino. Steve Carino's son. I've known him since he was a little kid. Uh, been on trips with he and his dad in uh, England, in Germany, some great times. But I was so thrilled to see Colby in his his WWE debut on 205 Live this week, even though he got murdered by Mike Kanellis. The guy threw his jacket into Colby's face and kicked the tar out of him on 205 Live. But it was a it was a no contest declared by the referee no contest but the bell never rang but I just want to say through all all the uh, trials and tribulations that uh, Colby has been through in the past few years and I loved him when he was with the Ducks of course there uh, I'm so proud to see that they are looking at him in a positive manner and giving him some TV time so Colby Carino keep it up ten. Ten, well, two thumbs up to you right now, and uh, keep living the good lifestyle, and uh, I think you're going to do great. Okay, so I had asked fans to and friends and relatives to, to send me some questions that I could answer, uh, both on, on uh, the Twitter phone. Yes, I call it the Twitter phone uh, because of my old hero who died several years ago, my favorite singer back then, Andy Williams when he went on Twitter, called it the Twitter phone. So I stole it from him. And if, in case you don't know who Andy Williams was, he had one of the best variety shows in, uh, in the history of TV. And uh, his, big, his big song was uh, Moon River Wider Than a Mile. If you go to YouTube and put in Bill Apter Raps Moon River, yep, it's there. But anyway, I want to take this part of the show to answer some of your questions. The first one, and I love this Twitter handle, the Hoboken Squat Cobbler. And he's a regular listener, and, and thank you for doing that. He said, Dear Bill, back in 1984, you, were, you, you wrote a tremendous article on the life and death of David Von Erich. How far do you think David Von Erich would or could have gone and what are some personal memories? The first personal memory is visiting David and his beautiful wife Trish at their home in Texas, and they were uh, they were lovely together. They were perfect together, and uh, David and I were very close friends, as I was with Carrie and Kevin as well. They actually used to call me the Fourth Von Eric. Um, David was very special, and I'll never forget, in the middle of the night, uh, a piercing phone call that I got from photographer Jimmy Suzuki from Japan, who told me that they had just found David Von Erich dead in his hotel room, and it, it shocked me, and I just, it was one of the first wrestling deaths of a close, what became a close friend to me, someone that not only did I cover professionally, but we were friends. And I wrote an article after going to the funeral, and there were so many dignitaries that Vince McMahon Sr. 
Jim Barnett. There were, there were promoters from all over the world there. And it was one of the first times I, I cried in a long time. And where do I think David could have gone? I think he would have gone on to become a, a, a really terrific and classy NWA champion. They'd, he had turned bad guy for a while, but he was very, he was a classic wrestler uh, in the tradition of a Briscoe or a Funk or a DiBiase. So, yeah, I miss him. You know, I think it's funny that uh, uh, you bring that up, but I still think of David Von Erich and I still miss David Von Erich. Miss all the Von Erich boys. I was very close to, uh, to all of them. And, I'm, and if Kevin Von Erich is listening to this, uh, I'm glad you're still with us. Yeah, so uh, keep up the life, brother. Okay, let's get to some more of your questions. Joe Lowry. What a day. If you haven't seen Joe Lowry's What a Day, you've got to go to YouTube and uh, dial it in or um, uh, just go to his Facebook page, Joe, L-O-W-R-Y. He, this guy not only puts on a great show, he's got a great personality. He's also a, a ring announcer. He's a radio personality, and he's one of my favorite people. And he says, hey, Bill Apter. Hey, Joe Lowry. Do you think Ronda Rousey is done with WWE after WrestleMania? No, I do not. And it's nothing that I know in advance. I don't think she's just going to walk away and quit. Uh, I think maybe there'll be a reason for her to leave for a while. But no, I do not think she is done with uh, WWE. She's, I think she's just getting started. She's, uh, she's really come into her own. The fans have started to, uh, to hate her, uh, which is very good because it draws people to... Uh, uh, taboo, but that this whole thing with she and Becky and Charlotte will probably come to a head at WrestleMania, but I do not see her just leaving WWE. I don't. All right, uh, my sweetheart Darla Staggs from uh, Missouri. When am I going to see you? Uh, hopefully soon. Come to WrestleCon, Darla, or come out to uh, StarCast. I am booked at StarCast. Uh, during Double or Nothing weekend. So um, come see me there, please. I would love to. I've known Darla since she was a, a little kid. We used to uh, hang out with, I'm uh, name dropping, with the great NWA champion Pat O'Connor and Bob Geigel. And Mac Davis, who, as you know, is not only a good friend, but uh, um, one of our sponsors here. Do you believe Kayfabe is dead? Or do promoters and workers need to do a better job keeping it alive? Mac, and you probably know this, if you go to some of the independent shows in some of the places that had great golden territories like Tennessee and the Carolinas and Georgia and a lot of the southern towns and wrestlers get in the ring and you they look out at the crowd and the crowd is believing what is going on there because it's not a big production show and kayfabe is still alive in those places i've seen it i've seen it what i don't like which kills kayfabe in some of those various places is that 
people will imitate what they see on TV. A guy will get in the ring and do a 15-minute promo. No one wants to hear that stuff at these independent shows where wrestling is still alive. Get in the ring, say two or three things if you want, and get in there and wrestle. And put on a good quality wrestling show. And in those cases, kayfabe is still alive. I do blame, and I use it a lot, I do blame the internet a lot for killing kayfabe because you, you can't really keep kayfabe alive on a, uh, on a worldwide basis with the internet exposing everything. So, but it's not just wrestling. Uh, <laughs> uh, the internet is uh, taking kayfabe out of uh, other genres of show business, etc., but we'll have a longer discussion when we go out to karaoke at Pulse Karaoke on the Friday night of WrestleMania weekend in New York City. All right. Wow. Charlie Armstrong Hartman. Modern Vintage Wrestling. Uncle Charlie. Explain your theory of burnt pizza to everybody. Okay. So Matt Bowman, better known as Wise Guy Jimmy Cicero, visits my neighborhood near Philadelphia every few weeks. And we like pizza. And we were going out every few weeks for pizza. And then we went into this place that used to exist in Ambler, Pennsylvania called Volare. And hold on a minute. <coughs> no editing. I cough. At Volare, we had ordered uh, a small pie. And Nick, one of the two owners there, was getting ready to dump this pie into the garbage because it was burnt. And we'd, wait, wait, don't do that. He says, Bill, this is a burnt. I said, this is exactly what we want. We like burnt pizza. So every time Matt Bowman, Jimmy Cicero, and I get together with our buddy uh, Paul Big Bear now, we go out for the burnt pizza tour. So that's it. We like Really well done crust. Yeah, don't like soggy crust. I like extra cheese. I like sausage, or as we used to say in New York, sausage. Uh, green pepper, but lots of cheese. All right, Rich Craft. Hey, Rich. Bill, what is your overall personal favorite year of professional wrestling? It's a difficult question because it's I've been doing this for, for such a long time, but if, if you're pinning me against the wall here, ah, it was probably the year, the golden years of the Road Warriors, Maganum T.A., Nikita Koloff, Ric Flair, Jim Crockett promotions. I just, I just, I can't get that era out of my head. It was just fabulous, so... Again, pinning me to the wall. There were a lot of other favorite years I had when I was growing up, watching uh, Buddy Rogers and Antonino Rocca. God, I'm that old. Yeah, but I'm still, I'm still, uh, still young. Brian Vaughn. Hey, Brian. Whatever happened to Reese and Horace Hogan from WCW? Um, I don't know. I will try and find that out. I will ask Hulk Hogan. Uh, and do you think? Jim Ross will join AEW, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Maybe. Possibility. Be, I, I, I can't really answer that, but probably in some way. Martin Watchorn. Hello, my friend from the United Kingdom. Hello, sir. 
Would love to hear one of your favorite King Kong Bundy memories or moments. Cheers. I already talked about that at the beginning of the show, so I hope you uh, caught that. And again, uh, Bundy dead at 61 years old. What a shame to lose anybody at uh, that young age. But because of the magic of the Internet, the good part, you can go to YouTube and you can watch Bundy matches. You can watch the great sensational Destroyers matches. Watch his matches in Japan against uh, Mil Mascaris as well. So Vito LaGrasso. Yeah, big Vito. When I asked people to write in for questions, he said never. Never. I don't know why he said that. And uh, I don't know where. My phone, unfortunately, is upstairs. It's not down in Aptor's Alley. But one of these weeks, we will call Big Vito, who, by the way, I understand that uh, his movie... Hold on a minute. Let me call up his uh, Facebook uh, page here because he, he had some news here that he's probably wanting us to get out to all you Aptor chatters. He's at the big, big Vito brand here. Let's see. I, I know he sent me some news here. Um, let me see. Uh, good morning, world. All right. I'm scrolling down. Okay. So, yes. Get your copy today in stores before they're all gone. Big Vito was in a movie called The Church. The Church. And it's available now. In, uh, I'm trying to look down his Facebook page to see where you can get it. But look up, go to Big Vito's uh, page. Let him know that I sent you and that you want to know where you can get his movie, The Church. But you know what? A lot of people have said a lot of things about Big Vito, and I've done a ton of interviews with him. He's, he's terrific. He really is. He's, he's a nice guy. Outspoken, nice guy. Here it is, finally here. My movie is coming out on DVD. It's hitting stores across the country. The Big Vito brand, uh, great moment for me personally. So look for the movie called The Church. Let's see what it's all about here. Click on the uh, click on the Amazon page. You can get it on Amazon. Wow. So it says, the pastor of a landmark church is a sole holdout in a Philadelphia neighborhood earmarked for gentrification. Big word. But soon the spirits of congregational members past begin to make their displeasure known. Who are the righteous among them? And Big Vito is in that movie. So get a copy of it. I certainly will do that. All right. That's it for this week. Uh, Josh Chernoff will probably be back next week. If not, we'll do another uh, freewheeling version of the after chat here. I want to thank you all. And don't forget, I'm at uh, uh, go to Bud Carson's Facebook page uh, and see where I will be appearing this coming Sunday in Allentown, PA, if you will. Got to get that Dusty Roads imitation in there. And uh, you can follow me at after one wrestling on uh, Twitter, or you can hit me up on my Facebook page. A lot of people, is Bill after your real name? Yes, it's my real name. And you can follow uh, Josh Chernoff at So Says Chernoff on Twitter. And that's about it for Bill After Me and uh, for the absent uh, Josh Chernoff. <laughs> that's it. Is wrestling fixed? I didn't know it was broken. Get my book, and I'll see you at the matches.